So today we're continuing in the the series on the Ten Commandments and it again is appropriate to acknowledge uh, the work of uh, Reverend John DeHoog who is currently the Old Testament lecturer at the Reformed Theological College in Melbourne who uh, created this sermon series uh, quite a long time ago and he's a former pastor of mine from Canberra. But a very useful uh, sermon series on the Ten Commandments it is and today we're looking at the power of truth with love and it seemed appropriate uh, to talk about the Ninth Commandment today because of, I guess, the debate we're seeing in public about what is truth and what is concepts of love. But it's good that we get into this uh, one today. So uh, perhaps if we um, uh, open uh, with a word of prayer. Lord, as we uh, read the Bible and look at your what you say about uh, uh, truth and love and the Ten Commandments, we just pray that uh, you'd be with us and that uh, as your scriptures reveal to us that you'd work uh, through your spirit in our hearts that we might know your truth and act on it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the ninth commandment, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. Now we've seen in the sermon series that we've been looking at the Ten Commandments, there's one concept that sort of remains uh, throughout all of it. Human beings are made in God's image. That basic fact gives the Ten Commandments all their power. Perhaps a couple of examples. So you shall not murder. So when we murder or attack another human being, it involves attacking God because we're tearing up this image of God that is embodied in another person. Or perhaps you shall not steal. God made human beings to care and own things, uh, to care for things, just like he made Adam and Eve to care for the garden. God is the owner of all things, but we, made in his image, are also made to own things. And when people steal from us, they attack something that is central to who we are as God's people patterned after God. So the same principle, being made in God's image, is also absolutely central to the ninth commandment. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. The basic principle here is, as people made in God's image, we thrive on truth with love. With no truth, or with no love, or truth without love, or love without truth, these all make us shriveled up human beings. They all dehumanise us. They all are destructive of our human community and they all attack our humanity made in God's image because we are human beings made to thrive on truth with love. So in the plain reading of uh, Deuteronomy 19, this commandment is first of all concerned with truth-telling in the courts. And as we just heard, it becomes plain that a witness in the courts potentially has the power of life or death over someone accused of a crime. And on the testimony of two witnesses, a man could be condemned to death. And in Israel's day, they took this very seriously. Witnesses had to undergo very serious investigation, and if they were found to be false witnesses, they too could lose their lives themselves. So bearing false witness in the courts could potentially become committing murder breaking not only the ninth commandment, but also the sixth. But the meaning of this commandment can be extended through beyond just this concept in the courts to the situation we find ourselves in today. It requires us to tell the truth in love. And Paul reflects on this commandment in Ephesians 4 verse 15 when he writes, Instead, 
Speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up in him who is the head, that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love is already found in the commandment in Exodus 20. After all, it's not just about giving false testimony, it's about giving false testimony against your neighbour, whom you are to love as yourself. So here is the central principle of the ninth commandment. God has made us human beings to thrive on truth with love. And again, no truth or no love or truth without love or love without truth causes us to degrade as human beings. We need, to, we need truth with love to live full and rich lives. And we might ask ourselves why. Well, why? It's because we're made in God's image and God always speaks truth with love. So today let's explore this within two headings. and These two headings are in your bulletin. That one, truth is a uh, truth with love is God's way for us. And the second heading, truth with love is God's way with us. So firstly, truth with love is central to God's will for us. And I'll try and show you how central this is. Let's look at the way the ninth commandment relates to all the other commandments. So in the first commandment, when you put anything or anyone else before God, you tell or believe or live out a lie so that you not only break the first commandment, but also the ninth. We lie when we put ourselves before God. In the second commandment, when you think you can manipulate God to your own ends, treating God like a puppet on a string, you tell or believe or live out a lie. And so you not only break the second commandment, but also the ninth. We lie because we imagine that we can lie, that our lying can achieve something good for us that God can't. The third commandment, dishonoring God's name, involves telling lies about God. When we lie, we fail to honor God's name. The fourth commandment, thinking that you can't rest for a day from your labors, involves believing or living a lie about God's provision for you. Lying involves trying to get something you believe God won't provide. Or perhaps the fifth commandment, We can disrespect our parents and destroy our families through unloving and lying words. When we lie, we shame our parents. The sixth commandment, unloving, lying words can kill. When we lie, we kill the person we are lying against. The seventh commandment, when we, we commit adultery with lying words, and we can't commit adultery without lying. The eighth commandment, we can use words to steal. Lying often involves stealing something from someone else, even if only they're right to hear the truth from us. And of course, the, the, the ninth commandment, lying involves lying. And then there's the tenth commandment. We always have to tell ourselves or maybe others untruths when we try and justify our covetous desires. Now, I know that's a real whirlwind tour through the Ten Commandments there, and we could go into each point in greater detail, but in this whirlwind tour, we've seen two things. Firstly, that breaking any of the other commandments involves breaking the ninth commandment. You can't break the first, the second, or the third, or you can't break any of them without at the same time breaking the ninth commandment. And second, when we break the ninth commandment, we always break at least one or usually most of the other commandments. For example, when you are a child and you might lie to your parents about who broke the window... You're also breaking the second and the first and the third and the fifth and the sixth and the eighth and maybe even the tenth commandment besides the ninth commandment. So if we try and demonstrate our first point, 
that truth with love is God's way for us, to be even begin to obey God's life in any area, truth with love is the starting point. Now, this is just not a random idea from God. It's not just something he decides to impose on us. God doesn't just say, oh yeah, you've got to practice truth with love because, yeah, I've just decided that's good for you. Rather, it's because truth with love is central to God's being. And he has made us in his image. And so he's made us to need truth with love to be fully human. So let's see how central truth with love is to God's character. Just a few references from Proverbs. If you, uh, if you want to note these down, you might not be able to turn them quickly enough. But Proverbs 6, verse 16 through to 19, which we've just heard. There are six things that the Lord hates. Seven are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a man who stirs up dissension among brothers. Here are things the Lord hates. Lying, false witnesses, stirring up dissension, a heart that devises wicked schemes. There's no truth there and there's no love. Perhaps in Proverbs 12, verse 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. And then in Proverbs 19, verse 5, it says, a false witness will not go unpunished, and he who pours out lies will not go free. Truth, the opposite of lying, truth is bound up in the very identity of God. When Jesus was appearing before Pilate, Pilate asked him, you know, probably with a bit of a cynical smile and, and uh, you know, a cynical attitude in his heart, what is truth? And to Pilate, and perhaps to anyone else who might ask that question, Jesus gives you that answer back then, and it's the same answer today. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now in John 15 and also in John 16, Jesus repeatedly calls the Holy Spirit the Spirit of Truth. And in John 17, Jesus prays to his Father about his disciples, saying, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And in 1 John, people who belong to God are said to belong to the truth. So you see, God is truth. You won't find truth by gazing wistfully into space and you won't find truth by, you know, maybe looking deeply inside you or meditating under a white triangle or or any other method that you might want to find to, to get spirituality. The central thing to know that God is truth. And Jesus says, I am the truth. You will find truth in me because I am God and God is truth. So now if God is truth then untruth, dishonesty, lying, deception, is the very opposite of God. Untruth is the anti-God. That's what we're saying. Untruth is the anti-God. It is utterly disgusting to God. What does God hate? Lying lips, a false witness, a witness who pours out lies. God hates lying. And why is this so? Because it's exactly contrary to his own character. Lying and untruth is anti-God. Now, it's easy to say that, but most of us probably 
have no idea how much God hates dishonesty and how angry it makes him. We probably have no idea about about this because lying and dishonesty is so much involved in this world where lying and deceit are just the norm. Now, it seems normal for politicians to break election promises. It seems normal for politicians to tell bold-faced lies in the media just to support whatever cause they're pushing. It seems normal for people to lie about their income to get a tax break. It seems normal for people to lie about their income to qualify for a home loan that people can't afford. Our whole culture today is not necessarily interested in truth or substance. It's not necessarily interested in character. It's all about just perceptions and feelings and appearance and image. And no one seems to care if something is true, as long as it looks good, as long as it sounds good, as long as it makes me feel good, as, it makes it, as long as it makes me actually be good. That's, in there, that's how the world sees today. It doesn't matter what happens, as long as it's good for you in some way. And police, I'm sure, could write volumes of books about excuses and lies I've heard from people when to get out of a traffic fine and perhaps teachers have spent half their lives listening to students tell all sorts of interesting explanations as to why their assignments and homework is late. And even as you know, somehow comical as a sports fan who is so passionate about their team that no matter what they've seen on TV, you know how obvious the replay is, they can't accept that and will, and will basically create another truth to support their cause. So lying just seems to be normal. And because these things are considered just normal, we perhaps have lost a feel for how much God actually detests dishonesty. For how much does he say he hates lying, lips and false witnesses? God hates these things because they grate hard against his character, against who is God. If God is truth, then it is no accident that his enemy, the devil, is called the father of lies. So think about this. Where did all the evil in the world come? Didn't it all begin with a lie? The serpent came and he spoke to Eve and he spoke a lie. Eve listened to the lie and then the world was plunged into evil and corruption. It all began with a lie. This is how Jesus speaks of the devil in John 8 verses 43 to 45. He says to the Jews who are questioning him, Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. See the very strong contrast here. Jesus tells us that he is the truth. He is the truth and he speaks the truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. God's word is the truth and God is truth. But the devil is a liar and the father of lies. When he lies, he is speaking in his native language. The devil is anti-God because he is a liar. And through his lies, the world has been cast into sin. So now when you speak unloving lies, whose language are you speaking? Are you speaking God's language or are you speaking the devil's language? And of course, that's a rhetorical answer. You don't really need to know the answer. 
but, you, but we know that lying lips speak the language of the devil. So when you claim to be a child of God, when a child of God speaks a lie, it's as though your lips have been cut off from who you really are, because you're speaking actually the native language of the devil. But in all this emphasis on how much God loves truth, we have to remember that there is a kind of truth-telling that is also repugnant to God. He hates truth without love. In the reading, don't be a false witness against your neighbour. The whole purpose of the truth is to be for your neighbour. The second great commandment is to love your neighbour for yourself. So when Paul t- uh, tells us about speaking the truth in love, Let's, he, we read about we dare not abuse people by speaking truth lovelessly. Or anyway, people perhaps don't want to hear it. You know how it is. You might say to someone, I've just got to get this thing off my chest. And you blurt out something that might you might think is a hard and difficult truth for someone to hear. But do they hear it? And do you say it in a loving way? Do they hear the concern and love that you have for them? Or do they hear an explosion of hostility to so you can get something out of your system? So how do we know that God hates truth without love? Well, we know it because truth with love is the, God, is the way that God deals with us. And that's our second point. Truth with love is God's way with us. Think about what Jesus did on the cross. Did he speak truth about us? Yes. In fact, Jesus is devastatingly truthful. He was bearing our sins there on the cross. Why was he trussed up there on that cross? Well, he was suffering all of God's wrath against all the sin of the world of his people. Did he speak the truth? Indeed, the ugliness of our rebellion against God is on clear display. But while Jesus spoke the truth about us on the cross, did he also speak truth with love? Absolutely. And that was his great point, wasn't it? When he spoke the truth, It was his greatest exhibition of love for us that we could possibly imagine. He spoke the truth and he loved us. Perhaps imagine if God was a God of truth, but with no love. Well, there would be no need for the cross. Just simple judgment would have been sufficient to express God's truth. The hard truth about our sin would have just simply destroyed us. Or imagine that God was a God of love with no truth. Again, there would be no need for the cross, for God would just be loving, and our sin would not matter. He would just wipe it away, he would just love us, but we would not have a God to love. We would not be able to respond and respect a God who cared nothing about truth, who cared nothing about sin, who cared nothing about injustice, or cruelty, or spite. In fact, that would be counter to the character of God. But God's way with us is truth with love. On the cross, God spoke the truth about our sin, but he also spoke the truth in the supreme love through our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in closing, we've seen that God's way for us is truth with love. That's his will for us. We've seen that God's way with us is truth with love. That's the way he treats us. It means that truth with love must be central to our relationships with each other. Now, there's always going to be a certain tension there, isn't there? Truth with love is easy for some, 
Maybe uh, truth without love is easy for some, maybe. Just get it off your chest and blurt it out. And love without truth is easy for others. Couldn't I just, I could, couldn't possibly tell her the truth about herself. That would be just too hard. Maybe I'll just love her. Or perhaps we should even think about the, this whole same-sex uh, marriage debate. Can we speak truth with love? Can we show love to someone who supports or lives a lifestyle that God says is wrong? Can we tell them simply and clearly the truth that it is God's will that uh, marriage is between a man and a woman to the exclusion of all others? Perhaps they might say they don't believe in God. Can we even at that stage lovingly challenge them on that notion too? Truth without love is easy and love without truth is easy too. The difficult road is speaking truth with love. But perhaps you know from your own experience that truth spoken to you with love is very powerful. If you know that the other person loves you, you can hear any kind of truth from him and him or her. So why is that love so powerful? Well, brothers and sisters, that's because how you and I are made. We are human beings made in God's image. That's how God deals with you in his truthful love in Jesus Christ. And that's how he requires you to relate to others. Amen. Let's pray. Fathers, we live in a world that constantly questions what is true. We just uh, pray that indeed we can see that you are the truth and that all truth comes from you. As we read in the Bible, your will for us, Lord, help us to uh, stand up for what is truth but indeed do it in a loving way where we can love others even if they love, uh, hate us and we can uh, speak your truth but in a loving manner. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.